Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. I am very excited tonight because I have a returning friend of the show that is not only a personal favorite of mine, but also one of the most talented vocalists in the scene today, none other than Mikey Sawyer of Misfortune. For those of you that are unfamiliar, Misfortune has an amazing album called A Spark to Believe. We obviously talk about this in the conversation, but I wanted to mention it here as well. Then, there were a lot of issues with the band, and the band broke up multiple times. And most recently, Mikey reformed the band, and they signed with We Are Triumphant and released a brand new single called The Hype You Stole. You will hear that at the end of the conversation. You're going to get a lot of questions answered, and I think you're really going to enjoy this. So without further ado, let's play the single at the bottom, and I'll return after the conversation. Enjoy. Welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. I am very happy because tonight I am joined by returning friend of the show, Mikey Sawyer of Misfortune. Mikey, how are you doing tonight? Doing awesome, man. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. It hasn't been the worst day. I can definitely say that. How are you doing in Colorado right now? I actually have moved to Oklahoma. Oh, 
That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I should have known that because I wanted to congratulate you right away because you got accepted to a university, correct? Yeah, I'm actually attending two universities right now. Oh, really? Do you mind going yeah. into those a little bit? Yeah, basically one of them is just like an IT help desk program that I'm doing uh, online. It's like American Technology Business University. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the fall, I'm starting at UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma, for my Bachelor's of Science with a degree in Digital Forensics. And so these are things that I can kind of do remotely and, um, you know, make a pretty good living. And I kind of want to get like the counterterrorism, uh, like cyber warfare kind of stuff. So Wow. I mean, yeah. knowing obviously your amazing background in music, what made you want to choose to do that? Um, honestly, I've always kind of had a thing for like, uh, I, I don't want to say like law enforcement, but just kind of like the forensic investigation side of things. Sure. But I didn't really want to get into like the medical, like, you know, like the hands-on kind of forensics. Mm -hmm. Like I, I thought that like kind of the cyber digital stuff was more on the rise, you know, like, I mean, Russia hacked our election last year. Right, right. <laughs> like th those kind of things are just like imminent and uh, it's just a growing industry and it pays really, really, really well. So I kind of want to get to the point where I can just like self-fund the band and, uh, you know, live a really... Um, comfortable lifestyle absolutely wow so it looks like you really looked into this and you have the passion for it which is really awesome to hear yeah definitely i'm really excited it's going to take me about four years but you know i'm still going to keep doing misfortune in the meantime and uh just pumping out music so absolutely no that sounds awesome we might revisit that a little bit later but obviously misfortune is the big news right now and i was thinking about the last time that we met that was at so what in texas around a year ago if i'm not mistaken yeah. that was really awesome i got to see you perform twice i don't know maybe you didn't have the same feeling when you heard that so what wasn't going to be around anymore were you kind of wondering when that happened why or kind of wondering like or hoping that you would have been able to do it again well, I, I heard that uh, that Mike Beamer sold the festival or something like that, or he, like, just, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the details are, but, you know, I mean, you notice, like, Warp Tour is going away, and, right. I, you know, this is just speculation on my part, but I kind of think it has a lot to do with maybe, like, these mass shootings or just, you know, things that are taking place. It's just kind of like a matter of time before something like that impacts our scene or, like, you know, those kind of like festival events, which is obviously a huge liability to Kevin Lyman or to a Mike Zemer or whatever. So, you know, it's very sad that these kind of things keep happening. Right. At like a big concert and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I was really hoping to play it again this year and we just signed with We Are Triumphant. So, right. you know, they have a showcase that, that goes on there. And um, yeah, super bummed because I'm ready to be playing shows again. That's what I figured. And that was the first time that we met and the first time that I actually got to see Misfortune live was at the We Are Triumphant Showcase. Was that your first real contact with them that you were kind of thinking about signing with them originally? Or did this whole thing come about in another way? This whole thing came about um, in kind of a different way. But, you know, to be honest, like Greg and I have been, uh, Greg is the, the president of We Are Triumphant and we uh, we've been friends for a long time. Like he was, uh, originally a big fan of A Spark to Believe whenever we put that album out. Right. And uh, after, you know, our falling out with Sumerian Records, you know, Greg was right there, like, you know, like wanted to sign us and everything. And, uh, you know, I just kind of didn't want to get my hands dirty, like with another label right away. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't want to say I kind of like blew him off, but like, you know, we just didn't, we just weren't entertaining the idea of another label because we were really hell bent on doing like DIY thing and self-releasing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but here recently, you know, the band took a little break so that I could kind of get some things in my life in order. And uh, whenever, you know, it was announced that we were going to kind of come back and release new material, yeah, you know, Greg probably one of the first people to hit me up, like send me the song. And uh, I sent it to him. He was like, this is awesome. Like, let's put this out. Like, I'll, I'll put together everything and, you know, get get a new group and everything and, like, get you guys going again. Right. And uh, so, you know, just the fact that he's, like, a good friend and he's a good person, 
um, it just made sense, you know, to work with somebody that's like really close right. within the band. And so, and then obviously we did that showcase last year and he really liked it. And, you know, he's just, he was on the front row, like singing every word. So someone who's got like the drive and the passion for the project is just what I wanted somebody to kind of share in our vision. Right. Yeah. Someone that's going to stand behind you and not necessarily run away, you know, anytime soon. Exactly. No, that makes total sense. I did want to ask before we move on from So What, first of all, I thought that was a very interesting take that you had on, you know, your speculation for why bigger festivals might be going away, because a lot of people might also think that it has to do with, you know, record sales and, you know, the scene itself, maybe not necessarily bringing as many people in. But I really liked your reasoning for that, because that is something that could unfortunately happen. And we've seen it happen recently. And it's just terrible. So that was very interesting. The other thing. Yeah, that, and it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It seemed like right after that, like Las Vegas shooting happened, like it seemed like that's when I heard about Warp Tour. I'm not sure if that's when it was announced, but it's just it was just weird timing. And that was kind of the first thing that occurred to me. It was just like, you know, I mean, it's a it's a crazy world we live in. And it's obviously getting you know crazier all the time. So, you know, I hate to, to be cynical like that, but. You know, like I, I want to I think everyone wants to remember Warp Tour as like a good thing. Right. And, you know, it would suck if something tragic ever happened. But, you know, that's just me being cynical, of course. What I like to say is it's you being a realist. Yeah. Unfor- you know, that's kind of the way it works sometimes. But before we move on from that, what I wanted to ask about was and this is just a personal question. When we were there for So What and I was doing, you know, the backstage interviews and everything, the day that you were playing the actual So What Fest, it seemed like your set got cut really short. Do you remember what the reason for that was? Because I was surprised. I was very surprised, and I was honestly just very upset that day oh, because okay. that happened. Right. But, but uh, yeah, all I know is that the band that was on before us like ran way over. Like They played like so many songs, and then... And then I think ours got postponed like a little bit and then like Never Shout Never was was slotted like right mm-hmm. after us or like during our set mm-hmm. or something. And so it just, I don't even know really, but we played about three songs that day and that was very discouraging because we had some awesome material coming up yeah. that we were going to play. No, that was also when Die For You came out. And then I'm assuming, were you going to play new music during that time as well? Well, we started off the set, I want to say, with um, The Bottom. You did? Okay, that's right. And that was, that was kind of like our live debut, because we hadn't dropped that song yet. Right. But then we played uh, Die For You, and then I want to say it was... Um, man, I don't even remember what we played next. It was like Take That Shit Back to Baxter. Oh, yeah. And then that's whenever they were like, hey, we got to like, we got to cut it. And I was like, what? Because we still we're going to play like I've got a five point plan. Oh, man. And chase teams. Right. Yeah. No, that would have been awesome. Well, that's just a personal, you know, obviously people listening right now are going to be like, hey, we weren't there. We don't even understand what's going on. But I had to ask that because I was just happy that I got to see you the night before when you did that more full set. But then, yeah, that was disappointing for us as well. Obviously, it had to have been disappointing for you. Yeah, and that was our first time ever playing outdoors. I, I prefer the club setting. Like, I, I think that's like definitely we we rocked it that night before. Oh yeah, and that was our first back in, in years. So I was very pleased with that show. Yeah, and that's one of the things we had talked about when we spoke live was how impressed I was with that as well because it really seemed like you guys hadn't missed a beat whatsoever. Yeah, I think I had someone come up to me that night and was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I feel like I just watched Journey live. <laughs> <laughs> like. And that's awesome that you said that, but no, <laughs> not even. <laughs> not bad. But yeah, and I guess, I mean, we have a lot to talk about, but one of the biggest things right now is not only getting the band back together, congrats on the signing to We Are Triumphant, but you also have the brand new track out, The Hype You Stole. What an amazing track. And I'm sorry for being such a fanboy, but it is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that song has been uh, in the works for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was kind of scared to put that song out for some reason, just because it was kind of a departure from our, you know, our older material. But then again, it is kind of reminiscent of like the Spark to Believe album yeah. and stuff. The little like 
poppy or like pop punk sure for us but yeah the the response has been really really good and i kind of feel silly that i was so <laughs> reserved putting it out but i literally sat on that song for like a good minute and i sent it to greg and he was like dude what are you talking about this is awesome like let's put this out as soon as possible right so i was like okay <laughs> yeah so yeah i think it really represents the band well and what i thought was also interesting and maybe people listening don't know this i think we talked about it on the weekly show though i watched your live video that you either did on facebook or instagram and you talked about how for that track that was all you right yeah uh, i basically like self-produced the the track i did have a, a ghostwriter put the song together for me okay. um like instrumentally mm-hmm. um from another place but then he kind of sent it to my studio and i did all the vocals here at home and then, um, you know, just we had it mixed down. And uh, so that's the first song we've ever done completely in-house. And I was technically the only person in the band right. at the time. So, you know, that that song is, is basically like all me. Like, I'm not going to say I played and wrote every instrument on it, you know, but I, I did like conceptualize the song and, and like oversee the production and, and somewhat like executive produce the track as almost just not even like a solo song, but just kind of like as misfortune as me. Right. Yeah. Was that studio that you have in-house, was that new? Or was that something you were planning to use when you were an unsigned band? That's, uh, that's new. Um, like, we, we always were kind of trying to go with, like, the big wig producers just to get that sonic, you know, sound that we always had. That was another reason I was kind of afraid to put this song out because we've always done our albums somewhere, you know, with, like, a really great engineer mixing and mastering and everything but this was literally done like i said like in our bedroom so to speak um so it was just kind of daunting to try to put something out that you know i i don't know i was i guess kind of afraid it wouldn't live up to the hype to (laughs) use that pun but it was a good pun (laughs) it uh it's gone over extremely well and we've actually never had songs that were added to like spotify playlists before and this song reached uh, three Spotify playlists on the same day that are huge. Awesome. And yeah. It's already jumped up to like our third most streamed song on Spotify. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Congrats on that, too. I'm saying congrats a lot on the show, but it seems like you've accomplished a ton in such a little amount of time. But yeah, that track has been extremely popular. It still has that misfortune feel to it. But you're right, it can be, you could call it a little bit poppier, but then even with A Spark to Believe, there are so many different genres. You go from pop punk to poppier to post-hardcore to metalcore, and it just, you know, it just flows. So I'm not really that surprised by that type of track. Yeah, yeah, like it it made more, like whenever we put it out, I just had this huge sigh of relief because I was like, okay, people don't hate this, like (laughs) they love it. That makes me so happy because that's why I made the song. That's why I continued the band and, and brought it brought it back. So, right, you know this this band like you know not to sound like cocky or anything, but this band is like meant a lot to a lot of people, and it just seems like a shame to like you know let it go because you know just the feedback that we get and like the love that we get is um really awesome. You know you don't see it with a lot of like new bands even though we're not really new, but like young bands. True. Yeah, and you would have to call yourselves almost a young band because, you know, you start in, what, 2012, A Spark to Believe comes out in 2014, and then you had the falling out with Sumerian, you become an unsigned band, put out more singles, and then now, you know, you went through, you know, the breakup, the time apart, you're back now, and people are still waiting. I mean, the amount of people I see all the time on social media talking about how they can't wait for a new Misfortune album. Personally, for me, A Spark to Believe is one of my all-time favorite albums, so I'm right in that wow. camp. Yeah, I'm right in that camp. You can't turn off that album when you put it on. Yeah, and and like I'd like to think that like we've gotten a lot better as a group since then. Like As far as especially my singing, like back in the day, I was just trying to like push my voice as hard as I could and I really didn't have much dynamics or range or you know really musical um education mm-hmm. I guess and like these days like you know those songs it took me months and months to write them and now I can like literally write a song in a day wow because I've like figured out my sound and I've learned like my formula and how to construct melodies and resolve melodies and 
stuff like that. And I've learned a lot of tricks, you know, from Cameron Mizell and Chris Crummett, the guys that did our last stuff. So I kind of just, I kind of like got it dialed in. I mean, your voice was already pretty damn amazing before. So to hear you say that you've got, you know, all that stuff kind of locked down is pretty damn cool to hear now. So let's go into the band itself. Obviously, you've got everything together. You know, you were able to do the hype you stole by yourself. But then you also made the announcement that Josh was back in the band as well. Has there been any other progress in that area? Yeah, Josh and I are currently working uh, on on the record. Like awesome. we're we're finally putting this album out. Like this is coming out like later this year, like for sure. And uh, you know, I've got I've got a bunch of songs um, that are done, and and we're just kind of waiting to to get them out. But you know, we have another single coming out hopefully in about a month and a half. Okay. And then we're cover track like a pop goes punk song, and then um, we have a full length that's in progress. Wow, that is some really great news. Now, I know you can't talk about what the cover is. I know you recently did a Post Malone song. Is there any hint you can give for that? Is there any hate? No, no, no. <laughs> is there any hint that you can give for that? Yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you what it is. We're working on uh, Drake's God's Plan. Ah. Like a uh, like a Pop Goes Punk version of it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean... Being in the game as long as you have, you know how important those covers can be sometimes because a lot of people, that's how they get introduced to the scene is they'll be looking around YouTube and they'll see something like that and then they go, oh, I've never heard of Misfortune before. Check that out. It works out really well. They love the cover and then they go back and they see A Spark to Believe and whatever else you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be just like that like you know i've always been so weird about the covers and the like guest vocals and stuff like that because i just felt like those were kind of just trends that bands were just kind of like latching onto but there is actually like some really good value to those projects and so i'm a little more open i'm a lot more open-minded than i used to be sure yeah it's all about that marketing right yeah and and yeah like just it just kind of goes without saying too like like our our old material the reason I don't want to say we were like scared to put music out, but it's just like, we didn't want to ever release anything that was inferior to our previous work. But like, you know, through self-producing and stuff, we just kind of have found that confidence to like, you know, like we can do this on our own. Like our music is still going to be solid, you know? And like, it's just all about how everything sounds kind of going in like mm -hmm. to the recording and everything. And so, you know, like I've learned how to track vocals from, some amazing vocal engineers and we've learned how to write songs from some brilliant producers. So it's just kind of like putting it all together now, like the hype you stole, we spent zero dollars on, Wow. you know, like even the artwork, like, and that's how this whole record is going to be like, so I'm very excited. Yeah. I think everyone else will be as well. So vocal wise, how have you kept your voice going? How do you kind of train it? rest it, you know, make sure that it's ready to go, especially if you're doing a lot of work in your own studio. Honestly, I just kind of go for it. I've uh I used to be really diligent about like warming up and staying hydrated and and all that kind of stuff, but I've just been so like experimental and and just trying to just bust out tracks that I I just go for it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I don't even really mess with warming up or really practicing cuz I kind of I just sing all the time and like I said earlier, I've kind of like figured out my sound and like my range and, and even the, the notes I should avoid, like ah. per se. Okay. <laughs> or just, so, yeah. So do you get worried because you said you're looking forward to going out and, you know, playing live shows at some point, will you change your regiment for something like that? Yeah, probably. It's just, it's just really just eating healthy foods and, and, um, you know, kind of exercising and, uh, you know, I learned this cool thing actually from Tillian Pearson said mm -hmm. this, that how hydrated you are today is how hydrated your voice will be tomorrow. Oh. So if you have like a big show coming up, you want to drink a lot of water like the day before and, and so on. So it's just, of course, just drinking a lot of water. Right. That's kind of my, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've never heard that before. I'm going to have to think about that as well with all the talking I do on these podcasts. So maybe I yeah. should be <laughs> drinking a lot more water. Well. I did see a social media post that you put out where you talked about you're doing a new style that sounds like a mix of Bring Me the Horizon and Avenged Sevenfold. What do you mean by that? 
Um, well, basically with that is, is me not singing quite as clean as I have been. I've kind of, and this kind of goes with the whole hydration and like not warming up thing is almost just kind of singing like with tension, you know, oh, okay. like, I don't want to say like intentionally sounding bad, but just like sounding more rough mm-hmm. and like, um, just getting more of that grit that I used to have. Um, but you know, it still sounds very misfortune. Like, you know, my voice, e- even when I was experimenting with that style, it was still just sounding like me, but just kind of, a, I don't know, like a different me, which is good. Like, I, I think that people who like to spark to believe are going to love this record for the fact that it's like kind of the logical next step okay. for us. But there's also, you know, there's a lot of, uh, references, like I, I'll reference back to songs that we did on that album, um, lyrically. And yeah, this album is a little more dark, whereas the Spark to Believe had more of like an uplifting uh, vibe. I mean, there's definitely some dark songs on there, too. (laughs) Right. But definitely got like a darker vibe. Does that darker vibe come from, you know, all the challenges and everything that's been happening, not only this last year, but years before? Yeah, I would definitely say that's a big contributor. And then, you know, just life as of as of lately Mm -hmm. in the last probably six or seven months ah. um you know it's had me in kind of a a place where i am not writing happy songs like and and i really never have really written super happy songs but these definitely like are very intentional about being very real and very like i, I want people to hear it and be like whoa like did he really just like talk about that or like was he really that honest you know right to say that and um, so I think that's going to be that's going to be cool. And 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 honestly, the first album was very self-aware and like, you know, it wasn't always pretty. Like there's there's things I talk about, like negatively about myself or like, you know, about feelings that I have that, you know, a lot of people will hide or not want to share. But I just put it all out there and just hope for the best. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. at least for me, that seems like it's the best way. When you're writing those tracks now, when you're getting that album together, when you either write it down or you actually vocalize it, is that like a cathartic experience for you? Absolutely. And um and and sometimes like my my lyrics aren't quite so literal, like it's not it it's almost like an exaggeration of like what's going on. Sure. Um I always just tell people I'm just trying to write like catchy relatable tunes. You know, so there is like a cistern of of inspiration behind it. But the stories I'm telling aren't always like word for word exactly what's going on. It's just kind of like a there's like a bigger picture that I'm trying to paint. Right. And I'll just pull, you know, situate from situations or just whatever's going on in the moment. Is that bigger picture that you talk about? Is that a big picture like you're writing a concept album about your life? Or is it just, you know, is it kind of focusing on that one particular track? Um, lately, it's kind of been centered around like a certain thing that's been going on in my life. But it's very similar to kind of what was going on while I was writing A Spark to Believe. Um, okay. I was at a point in my life where, you know, shit was hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that that's whenever I make the best misfortune tracks is whenever <laughs> it was just a mess. So... Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the bigger picture I mentioned, though, like, I want to write songs that people latch on to that they relate to what's going on in their life. So I may kind of like exacerbate certain things to like, be more like worldly relatable rather than being like super specific about what's going on with me. Right. But yeah, I mean, the album does have like a concept and that, that concept is basically obviously misfortune you know bad luck bad things we all go through but then also how you rise above them and how you you know face adversity in your life and that's kind of just always been our mission statement is is um you know overcoming trouble because you know this band has had a rough go like i'm not even gonna lie and you know it's just i just want to be authentic you know i'm not trying to be something we're not or like tell a story that isn't true we just um just want to be honest with people and and just hope that they you know relate to it because that's that's what a lot of people latch onto this band for is because there's songs that you know speak to them and and have to do with what they're going through which are, are things that a lot of people go through so right 
what one might hear, you know, might mean something totally different to someone else. So, you know, these songs, of course, mean something to me. But, you know, I'm hoping that everyone else will get something different from it. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Well, on that note, can we go back then to June when, you know, the band broke up? And I know people have been very tight-lipped about it. I'm not expecting you to go into, like, complete detail. But can you talk about how the decision came about to end the band? Yeah, basically, um, there were just some personal differences that were taking place um you know just to kind of summarize i guess like you know i was in a band with you know my good friend michael skaggs for a long time we've been friends for i mean shit like the better part of a decade right and we were like brothers we did everything together like you know we did so many tours together and we would always like you know share like the top bunk and like we were just fucking homies man like for the longest time and and we were roommates for you know the duration of you know a lot of misfortune's um career and you know then the decision came about for him to join the band and like he brought along nick who was his drummer for outlining color yep and um, of course i had josh from my past with misfortune and so you know it made sense to to kind of make that all happen but you know without trying to like throw any shade or like talk shit or anything like you know, obviously on social media, it's been very evident that, you know, us and the band Slaves and me and Johnny Craig don't have like a good history together. Right. And so, um, long story short, I met, you know, this girl that I got married to and um, I posted a picture of us on Instagram and, you know, Johnny Craig commented on it and was like, two dudes kissing or like some shit like that. Like he was just, saying some way out of line shit right and i pretty much like went fucking off on him and um you know the outline and color camp those guys they are pretty tight with slaves and pretty cool with johnny and you know i kind of took it upon myself to just fucking lose it and like and go ballistic on johnny and uh i said a lot of really fucked up shit he said a lot of really fucked up shit but you know it kind of got to this stupid conflict um of interest that kind of drove drove a wedge between you know both sides of the band right um misfortune and so um with that being said there was just a lot of tension and like hostility and it just kind of like um you know it it ultimately kind of drove me and michael apart and so um yeah it just you know and then that and then there was like some other shit just like personal life stuff that was going on and you know we just um, I don't know. We just kind of had to do what we had to do to go about our careers respectively, because I feel like we tried to, um, we tried to compartmentalize something that shouldn't have necessarily been compartmentalized. And, um, it just, you know, it was just kind of a domino effect, you know, one, one person left and that caused other people to leave. And, um, so I, I basically just moved back home and I just wasn't even worrying about music at all. Like, um, I was just doing, just doing me for right. the longest time. And, um, so that's pretty much what happened there. It was just kind of some personal differences that, that just were irreconcilable. And, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, me and Skaggers are cool now. And, you know, I have nothing but love for every member that's ever been in this band because they all played a part that I appreciate. Oh yeah, but something, some things are just kind of better left um, to my own devices. I'll just say, like, I've always had like kind of a way of doing things, and and you know my approach to music and like the industry and and stuff like that, and that's not always been endorsed by other people that I've worked with, and so um, it's almost just better this way. Right, right, and yeah, I yeah. I'm a big fan of Skags as well. More the weird thing for me, and thank you for letting me know that because I don't think a lot of people do know that. But one thing people definitely know is Johnny Craig does love talking shit all the time on your social media. And it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that that's still even a thing. No, not at all. Like, it's it's completely unneeded. And and I hate to, like, even, like, I want to say, like, pick on him because, like, he's, like he's had such a like he gets in his own way and he just 
I I don't want to say anything bad about him, but right. just we just don't get along. Like we never have thought, seen eye to eye, which is super ironic because you know coming into this shit in this band, like he was like top top tier to me, and it just kind of has turned into one of those situations of like never meet your heroes kind of thing because that's just been a constant bitter fucking disappointment. Right. So. Yeah, I just, it is what it is. Like, you know, I, I, I try to play around with them and be like, oh, fuck you, dude. Like, like, whatever. Like, we got to be friends sometime, you know. But, you know, like so many people have hit me up being like, you guys should do a song together. That would be amazing. I'd buy the shit out of that. And I'm like, dude, like, the fans want that. Like, why wouldn't we try to do that? But he just would rather sit behind Instagram and be a fucking asshole. So, right. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that. And and for people, you know, in my band or in my circle to expect me to, like, fucking suck his dick, like, it's not going to happen, dude. Like, he disrespected me. He disrespected, like, someone that I cared very much about who did nothing to him. And I wasn't just going to sit quietly and, and not stand my ground because just cause it's Johnny Craig. Like, I don't give a fuck. Right. So it's not like he's going to take my band on tour anytime soon. So I really <laughs> don't have, like, I don't have anything to lose in that situation. So. No, very true, and I think you do have to stand up, not only, like you said, for yourself and then for the people you care about. Yeah, it just never made any sense because you're obviously both very talented, and you're right. Having two people with amazing vocals do a track together would be awesome, so it is just a shame, and we'll move on from that, but yeah, I just had to mention that because that is the one thing that I do see so often, and it just never made any sense to me, so thank you for clarifying that. A little bit as well yeah so after and i know we're we're delving deep here but it, i think it's really important because i know a lot of people were very disappointed when they heard the band had broken up so after that time you moved back you were working on different stuff and then recently in i think it was january you posted a certificate from a place where you did a program can you explain that a little bit yeah, um, basically, I just went through a really rough time after that that band, um, you know, like, just to be super honest, like, I kind of rushed into, like, a marriage, and I almost was, I don't want to say, like, trying to fill a void that was in my life, because music is, like, a huge part of who I am, and there's really no way to quantify or, or, or replace something like that, but I just... I was just going about shit totally wrong. And, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously easy come, easy go in those kind of situations. And um, it just the situation with the marriage and everything got sort of like volatile and um, just very hard, very hurtful. And it got to the point where we actually filed for divorce, like not very long after. And um, that was just a very, very tough time. And like with everything that had already been going on, and, you know, around the holidays, around Christmas, mm -hmm. I, um, it's not a big secret out there that, you know, I don't really have a very close relationship with family or anything. And like this year, I completely spent Christmas just alone and miserable and, um, divorcing. Right. <laughs> and so this was awful. And it was to the point where I did not care, like if I lived or died and it was like, um, I just kind of like just lost it and I needed to get help like on the quick mm -hmm. or like something, you know, really bad was going to happen. And so I checked myself in, um, basically for a uh, major depression and anxiety and like PTSD. And, um, they basically kept me there for about three weeks, um, and got me on like some medication and uh, I just had to kind of like figure out my purpose, which, you know, that was another huge reason why I decided to bring the band back because the band has been my life for so long. And music has just been like, like a, such a big part of my makeup that, you know, we as human beings, we have to have like a purpose. We have to have a reason to get out of bed every day and right. like, you know, goals and dreams and shit like that. And if those things go unrealized or you don't feel valuable, you know, as a person, you know, that shit is, is not good or healthy. And so I needed to get myself in a better place mentally, not just for myself, but for the people that care about this band and just so that I could even be motivated to make music again. And through the therapy and stuff, 
that's when I realized that um, making music is my outlet. Like that is my medicine. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that's why I kind of just said like, fuck it. Like whoever's involved in the band or whoever's not involved in the band, I'm going to do the band either way, because if not, I'm going to fucking go crazy. And <laughs> like, yeah. So that was, um, that was a big turning point for bringing the band back. Wow. So I'd imagine, and I'm not therapizing here, but I'm assuming because I, you know, I know about your past with, you know, family and everything was a band always kind of the thing that took the place of family. For sure. Like hundred percent. So then when you go through that time where the band breaks up and then you're not even sure you're going to continue doing music, or actually, I guess that's a good question. When the band broke up and you said you rushed into a marriage, was music still on your mind? Were you still writing? Were you deciding on starting a new band or starting a new direction? Yeah, I spent a few months like kind of just auditioning for other, other bands and um, trying to just find another band to join. Basically, I played around with the idea of solo music, but I've never really been super excited about trying to just push myself out there because that's just kind of lame. Um, and, and the band has been my vehicle for so long. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. That makes total sense. If you don't mind talking about it, and that's why I'm trying not to push, I, I obviously appreciate hearing all this. When you were in that facility for three weeks, like what was your thought process then? Or were you medicated so you weren't really thinking all that much about what you were going to do in the future? Well, in that uh, in that setting, you know, there's a lot of groups. You do like five groups a day mm -hmm. or something like that. And, you know, it, it would always come up, of course, about my history of playing music and, you know, being on tour and like, you know, my friends and, and everything like that. And, and they were just like, well, you know, it sounds like you need to be doing music. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but fucking easier said than done. Like, there's so many things standing in our way. It's been such, like, a shit show for so long. And they're just like, well, so what? Like, music is, like, what makes you happy. And music is, is your medicine, you know? So, right. you know, that was kind of just the breakthrough I needed. And, and like, literally, I, it was, like, a, a partial hospitalization program. So I was able to go home oh, every okay. night and after the uh after the therapy sessions i would go home and and just sit in the studio and and work on music and that's whenever i put up a couple of those solo songs just to kind of stretch my wings and like let people know i was still doing shit but i wasn't really taking anything too seriously and then i kind of just had this epiphany when i was working on the hype you stole that like this sounds like misfortune and this could easily pass as misfortune and i should probably put this out as misfortune yeah <laughs> so it all just kind of just came to a head. Um, and, and it's so crazy how it all worked out because I feel like it wouldn't have happened any other way. So like that therapy and, and everything I did there was just like vital in bringing this about. Yeah. When I read that for the first time and you talked about how you weren't going to let things stand in your way and you were really in a good place and misfortune was coming back, I was so really happy to see that because I have known, I mean, as much as a fan can know about your past and, you know, life. And I mean, the band's name, Misfortune, says so much. <laughs> and to have you in such a great place and to bring the band back, I'm just really happy to hear that you're in a good place. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting back to the point of like, I have headphones all the time, like jamming new material. And that was what I lived for right. back then was having songs like in the works and, and putting out music and, and seeing people's reactions to it and just for a good minute there I was not doing that I was just working a regular job and just kind of just getting sucked into this life that I always have tried to avoid like so it was yeah it was really tough but you know it's everything's kind of as it should be right now so obviously you've known Skaggs for a long time but I believe you've known Josh for even longer. Did he stand by you through this whole thing? Like, did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? How'd that happen? Well, just to clarify, you know, I've actually known Skaggs a lot longer. Oh, okay. uh, Skaggs in the same town in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, that's basically just been like big brother to me for the fucking longest time. You know, Skaggs probably knows me more than anyone on this planet. Ah. And, and like, you know, 
Skaggs was my family. Like when I didn't have a family, Skaggs was that dude. Mm-hmm. And I owe everything to Skaggs. But um, as far as Josh, you know, whenever Skaggs um, left and, and all that happened, you know, Josh went with him. Like Josh walked away. And, and I, he had his own reasons, which were that, you know, the band hasn't kept a stable lineup over the years. You know, no label is probably going to want to fuck with us, you know, because they want a band that's consistent and reliable and everything like that. And so I understood. And, and Josh has a, a really big job at uh, GoDaddy. I think he makes like 90 grand a year selling domains. Nice. And like commission, like he really thrives at that. So it just made sense for him to just kind of focus on, you know, his bills and his life and career for that time. And I completely supported him. And, you know, really like we all were still friends from afar, but, you know, we went a good while without even talking to each other, you know? And, you know, there were a couple of times where I, I hit up Josh and I was like, yo, like, let's fucking do this shit. And there's just kind of radio silence. Um, and then, you know, I put together this song, the hype you stole and, and just kind of, just kind of proved to them that, you know, I was going to continue this. And so I think that kind of is what brought Josh back around was like, oh shit, like, you know, I guess Mikey's getting his life together and, you know, this band does have a shot to to thrive and even if it's just something we just put out music and, and that's that's great. That's why we started this. But, you know, Josh is ever a part of this band. Like that shit's his baby just as much as it is mine. Right. Um so, you know, I I told him like he, he even asked me, he was like, Are you trying to trying to do this together or are you just trying to do this solo? And I was like, Man, like you don't even have to ask like you always have a place in this band so if you want to do it like let's do it and he was like all right cool and Uh, he went and bought a new computer and started you know writing like immediately so very cool you know yeah now is is he working with you via skype is he out there as well have you guys even seen each other since going through all this no we uh pretty much will write demos on his computer and send them to me at my studio and um I just kind of lay over my vocals onto what he does, and then we send it off for mixing. Okay. So we just work remotely. How How is that compared to, like, I know there are actually a lot of bands that love doing that because it kind of gives you that freedom that you can send things along whenever you need. Do you work well like that? Honestly, that's the only way I've ever worked with this band because everyone's always lived so far apart. And, you know, this started out as an internet band right. back in the day. So... You know, that's that's basically the only way I, I, we work. Like, we've never been the band to, like, plug in amps and, and like, crank up and, and jam. Like, it's always been just uh, writing across country. And that's actually how this whole record is being put together. I have, like, a multitude of different producers and songwriters that are just sending everything. And, and my, my house is kind of like the home base where I do the singing and, and, and craft the songs and work on the production. And... uh yeah, that's how this whole album is gonna take place. So very cool. So yeah, yeah, it really is. Like I love hearing about this stuff. So when you get the album out, when you're ready to tour, what do you think you're looking forward to the most about getting out there and doing live shows again? I'm excited to just see people, you know, really pumped up and and singing and 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 just showing up. Like you know, we've kind of decided we're gonna hold off on playing shows until we get you know, the record out and stuff Mm -hmm. because, you know, we want to build the demand and like really come back, you know, to like big, big crowds again. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just really awaiting that opportunity to to hit the stage again. Cause that's, that's the ultimate payoff for me is like getting to perform. Like performing is my favorite part of the whole process. You know, I love writing and stuff, but playing shows is, is everything to me. Yeah. I would say, you know, from meeting you in person and, you know, talking to you right now and everything, you're a relatively soft-spoken person. But when you're on stage, I see something completely different. It's like you come alive. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's just why sitting at home was just not not working for me. Um, because I, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you absolutely feel that, yeah. Sitting at home right now, you're obviously working in the studio. You've got, you know, your two online uh, universities that you're doing. Does that still kind of get in your head? I mean, I think for me, when you know, with school, I'm a chemical engineer. That was always kind of a pain in my ass to have to sit around and do nothing. I like going out. I like doing things. You know, even with a podcast, I love talking. 
So that really works for me. But do you go a little stir crazy when you have so much, you know, homework and tests and everything? All the time. Yeah. I'm like a complete body. Like I never go anywhere. I'm never really around anyone. So that was another reason why um, when I was kind of going through that little meltdown that it was that much more difficult because I really didn't have, you know, my best friend, my brother, you know, like those people that I used to kind of rely on. And, you know, a lot of people kind of turn their backs on me whenever the band dissolved. And so it was just hard, man. But I, uh, I've always just kind of been like that. I'll like lock myself up in my room for, you know, <laughs> extended periods of time. And, um, you know, but I, I'm always being productive, you know, right? always doing, but it just tends to be kind of a loner aspect. Completely understandable. So what do you do, you know, when you're not doing your classes and you're not working on music? Is there anything that gets you going? Are you a video game person, movies, TV shows, anything like that? Mm, yeah, I mean, I'll tend to like watch Netflix and and stuff like that, but, you know. I, re- I really just chill like I, I just kick it i used to smoke weed all the time and i don't anymore like i quit yeah because i married a- i was in the navy and i just felt bad like i just i felt like i was rubbing it in because she couldn't smoke and I-, I was on this kick where i'm like i'm trying to be an adult now and get my life together and stuff so i, I used to like do that all the time but i'm really just i really just put all my time into music now like i'm, I'm in the studio every single day wow all right mikey well i think that's really a great place to stop because we really did cover a ton. We got even more done. We only had a little bit of time last time we spoke, so this was really awesome to be able to go through everything with you. And like I said, I'll restate it, I am really, really happy that you're in a good place because, I mean, I think you stated it before, I think when fans hear all the bad things that are happening, it affects them as well. So I think this is really great that people get to hear that you're in such a better place new music coming out, you're really doing what you want to do, and it's just working. So that is great to hear. I will have links in the description of the episode to have everything misfortune so that when everything's coming out, people will be able to get in touch with you. But until then, is there any way people can support you? Basically, just keep listening, keep streaming, tell your friends, just keep up with us because we got a lot of new shit coming out. Sounds great. Well, Mikey... Once again, this was a pleasure. I will have you on the show anytime. I love speaking with you, so thank you once again. Thanks, man. I love you, dude. Something that matters is something, something that battles the emotions and 
emotions everybody's after no. Alright everyone, I am back, and the track you just heard was the double threat of danger off one of my all-time favorites. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you learned a lot, because I definitely did. When I recorded that conversation, I didn't know the answer to a lot of those questions. It was really interesting to hear all the behind the scenes of Misfortune. Obviously, they're one of my favorite bands. So I am very happy that Mikey is in a better place. I know I said that on the show probably multiple times, but it's true. I'm really happy for him as a person. I'm happy for him as a talent. I think it would be a massive waste if he wasn't out there doing the thing he loved. So I am very happy that Misfortune is back, that they're working on a brand new album. And by the way, don't forget, if you're dealing with anything similar to what Mikey was dealing with, don't forget to reach out for help. It is very, very important. Obviously, it's done wonders for him as well. So please think about that. There are people that care about you. You can get help. You can get better from where you are now. I'm going to use the same number that Mikey put in his status post when he talked about reforming misfortune. It's a mental health and wellness hotline. The number is one 877 So once again, I'm very happy for Mikey. The first interview I did with him was on the shorter side. This one was much longer. We got to talk about a lot more, which was really great. Follow the links in the description of the episode to support Mikey and Misfortune. Hopefully that tour will start at some point. Hopefully there will be new music. And also, if you enjoyed that conversation, please follow the other links in the description of the episode to support Ian Hates. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for your continued support. It really does mean a lot. We're going to end tonight with the new track, The Hype You Stole, through We Are Triumphant. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. my life.